Hey, Rebel Parents. Welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I am so glad you joined us. Not only that, I appreciate you telling your friends. We can see the program growing every single week, and it's all because you're taking people's phones out of their hands and subscribing to the podcast forum. So we appreciate that. Today is a great broadcast. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Andrew Palau is an evangelist. You may have heard of his last name. Uh, he, like I, have a famous last name. His dad is Luis Palau, uh, the world-famous evangelist. Andrew has a great story, and it is uh, particularly applicable to my life right now because I'm talking to some parents whose kids have gone prodigal. They're just kind of going crazy. Some of us do that. I did a little bit. A lot of you did that a little bit. And as parents, you just freak out. You don't know what to do. You feel so helpless. And that was Andrew. Andrew lived a crazy life. He didn't come to the Lord till he was in his late 20s. And I was very curious about this book. What were Luis and his wife like? Were they permissive? Were they turning a blind eye? Were they in denial? Uh, what was going on? And I got to tell you, this book will blow you away. It's called The Secret Life of a Fool by Andrew Palau. I'm just telling you, if you are a parent, if you want to be a parent and you think maybe your kid might do something you don't like, we need good role models, and Luis Palau is an amazing role model. I think he is just amazing. He is so awesome. Andrew is so vulnerable in this broadcast. He's a crier just like I am. You are going to love this. It will give you hope. It will give you encouragement. Let me give you a piece. If you've got a kid that's gone prodigal, my dad would tell you this. Just hang on. Just hang on. I know it seems like the end of the world right now. I know it seems like there is no tomorrow just hang on. Listen to this broadcast, get some encouragement, and just hang on. Tell the Lord your needs because he's listening to you. Before we start the broadcast, don't miss me every Monday and Friday live on Facebook. Facebook Live, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, facebook.com slash J. Ryan Dobson. Sign up for the newsletter by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. Have I explained it well enough yet? Put 444-999 where you put the phone number and then text us the word rebel. We will sign you up and we'll send you a text alert when we do Facebook Live, things like that. But we won't blow up your phone, I promise. Last but not least, today's broadcast is sponsored by something I am so excited about. And I know you are too because you've been listening to Facebook Live. You've heard about it. Ziegler Family with Rebel Parenting presents Families That Win we are right at the tail end of the first seven-day challenge. You can see all the videos live for free. Go to facebook.com slash Dobson. Look for the ad. It's very easy to see. Click and sign up. We're going to go through this together. There is a huge group of rebel parents all signed up for this. We're about to open up a private Facebook page so we can all do it together. Get trained by the Ziegler family. Listen, the first week is... Um, Oh my goodness, Gary Chapman with Love Languages, Dave Ramsey with Finance, Michael Hyde on Communication, Dr. Axe, uh, and the Ziegler family. That's all just in the first week for free, all those videos. Sign up. It's 25 bucks a month if you decide to get the training. That is so incredibly cheap for such amazing work. Zig Ziegler is one of my all-time favorite people. He is so wise. He is so, I can't say it enough, he's so wise. You're going to love it. Go to facebook.com slash J Ryan Dobson. Sign up. Join me and Laura. Uh, we will be going through this together with you, and we'll talk about it regularly. Can't wait to see you. 
Listen, stick around. Here comes Andrew Palau on this week's Rebel Parenting. Don't miss it. Andrew, thank you for joining the broadcast today. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule, doing evangelism and all the great ministry with Palau Ministries. Thanks for being on Rebel Parenting today. Oh, it's an honor. It's great to serve together, friend. It is. It's so fun. Listen, you know, you wrote this book six years ago, and I was at Family Talk with my dad then, and we got a copy of it. And I'm telling you, it impacted me so heavily. My daughter wasn't even born yet. My son was four. Mm. And... Mm. You know, it's called The Secret Life of a Fool. This is your first book, and man, it's vulnerable. You were, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. For a person that's in ministry, like you are, like I am, like our parents are, this is a common fear. What do you do when you're mm. in ministry and your kid's like, nope, I'm not only not in ministry, but I'm going to do anything I want to do whenever I want to do it. And then what do you do as a parent? Mm. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare, right? A, a little bit. <laughs> so it's gotta, embarrassing. It's like you're a stereotypical like yeah. preacher, pastor, kid, and it's like, really, what the heck, right? Yeah, I, I, I've been there. I've totally been there. I've done those things myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When when you started writing this, there is a temptation, or there's uh, sometimes an issue when you're writing about past life and um, you know things we did, glorifying that. Um, Mm -hmm. or saying, but I was never truly happy when I was out partying with my friends all night long, Mm. you know, having Mm. when at the time, sure. People have a lot of fun doing bad things that, you know, I I can't either side, I think is swinging the pendulum too far, but you've got an 18 and 19 year old now. And, you know, when they were 12 and 13, you know, and your daughter was three and you're writing about all the craziness you did. And you're thinking they're going to see this someday. What was going through your mind? You know, why did you decide I got to share everything? I'm going to be this vulnerable with the whole world. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when I began to think about writing it, I just believed that if I couldn't be sincere and, and, uh, tell the truth about what my circumstances were to connect with people who were going through similar things. What would be the point? Right. Yeah. My dad used to always talk about think, something that he saw, which was uh, called sanitizing your testimony, which is, you know, people initially when they first get saved, they kind of spill their guts and everything comes out. And then people caution, they're like, you don't have to say all that stuff. It's kind of embarrassing. And you're sort of putting other people or whatever. And then they start to say, well, you know, maybe I wasn't bad. And, 15 years later, they're like, you know, they're like a great gift to God and they're lucky they have him. You know, that kind of stuff can happen, you know? Right. right. And um, I know for me, I just, um, my, where the Lord took me from was so just precious and so radical. His grace in my life was so absolute, having been such an absolute fool, as the title insinuates, that I I just thought, uh, well, that's why it took me 19 years to write it, because I'm like, who would ever, ever want to hear this garbage? And how do you make it, uh, how do you share it in a way that has the redeeming message fully, clearly brought forward? I had a Mm. lot of things I needed to mature about, and Mm. I needed to have a testimony that was strong. So the radical nature of my salvation was awesome, but then, you know, about 19 years later, uh, I began to realize, you know, the Lord has strengthened me. I'm beginning to become strong and mature. And I think that it's, mm-hmm. it's a good time. And I had advisors say, you got to, my brother-in-law is Toby Mack, you know, the musician. Yeah. So we married sisters and he 
used to hear me tell stories over family meals in Jamaica when we were all out there. And he would just every once in a while say, Andrew, you got to tell those stories in a book. And I'm like, well, Toby, it's ridiculous. Who would ever want to hear that foolishness? And like you were saying, like, do I really want my kids to hear and see that? And we were talked about it, prayed about it. And I realized, you know, my kids need to know the the truth and they Mm. see it all around them. And it's just glory to God that he can take such a broken, ridiculous thing and, and just make it uh, valuable and, and, and useful in this world. And so, you know, once I decided and determined that it could really be a, a valuable tool to encourage people like parents whose kids are off the tracks, that it could be an encouragement mm-hmm. to them, what did Luis and Pat Palau do, right? And to say, you know, it can be an evangelistic tool. I mean, God gave me an evangelistic heart and spirit and a gift. And from the beginning, I just thought, this is it. This is everything. Like People have got to know this, you know? And so, uh, so, so when I saw the, the door opening and the timing, I, I just thought, yeah, this is the time to do it. So my kids, I, I don't want to hide anything from it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's totally. awesome. So could you, could we go back a little bit and just tell us, give us a little mm-hmm. glimpse of your story. So just to give some history. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just really, I, I just had my birthday party with mom and dad and my three brothers at my house watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, um, it was a, a great time. My dad and mom gave me a card and it was so amazing just to look at them and think of their life and their dedication to me. They were awesome to me and my three brothers all those years. Mm. Um, had a great home life, a real blessing there. Great church. Didn't see a lot of hypocrisy mm. around me. Didn't suffer any tremendous abuses of any kind. I was a very fortunate kid, but I just love to party. And it's just, you know, the Bible says we're all without excuse, right? Yeah, totally. But all of us, all, all of us without excuse, even if you sadly did suffer in those kinds of ways, I I still, maybe I would say me more than anyone had no excuse. And I just, mm. you know, I, I kind of, I didn't want to hurt my parents' feelings. I, I had a rebellious spirit, but it wasn't the stereotypical, I hate God and I hate religion. You can't shove it down my throat. It was just that, that very weaselly kind of, uh, you know, I had a facade, a mask that I wore to say everything's fine. Um, on the outside, a happy guy. But I really was such a very self-interested, selfish, self-centered punk mm. kid. And, and uh, so I would, like, try not to rock the boat. But outside of the home, um, I was just kind of going wild. And um, I knew how to stay inside the borders to the degree of, like, not harassing people overly, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. mostly out of self-interest. I didn't want to I didn't want I didn't want the confrontation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but once I got out of college, uh, you know, I just heaped into my life all the drugs and alcohol increasingly in all the relationships and went into the pit, you know, the promised thing my dad had warned me about just began to reveal itself and all the lies of the enemy creep in. You start to say, well, it's too late for me now. And well, what am I doing? And you just go on and on and on. 27 years later, I'm uh, out of college and living in Boston and uh, my parents just called me and invited me to one of their festivals, you know, an outreach, uh, 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 an evangelistic event in Kingston, Jamaica. And I didn't really want to go, but it was February and it was freezing. Hey, as a matter of fact, <laughs> it's February 7th, February 7th, oh my, my birthday that I went out, that I went out there. And, um, and they, um, you know, they just believed for my life and introduced me to some great Christian people whose 
testimony was very impactful to me. And then at the, at the stadium, at the national stadium, I heard the gospel for the thousandth time, you know, but it was God's merciful time for me. And I, I heard it. My life and circumstances were just orchestrated perfectly to, to just, you know, his grace to allow me to see my need, repent, and, uh, and just began a radical transformation. It just began in a moment, and it's 23 years later, and it feels like yesterday. Wow. My goodness. I love, I mean, our mentor calls uh, the pit, the prophet in training. And um, I don't know you too well, but I, I, guess I see that as one of your giftings. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, as, yeah, funny. You know, like I know we all have battles, and everyone has their battles. And one of the battles yeah. is, one, getting free, and then, two, staying free. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you mm-hmm. stay free when you first you know, mm. from that adventure. Yeah. Well, God is so good. Like, I just think he looked at me and said, this guy is too feeble. You know, he, uh, he did yeah. this amazing thing for me. I was living in Boston. I was working for a corporation. And, and months previous, I had put in for a transfer from Boston back to Portland where we lived. And I was like, you know, I think my run here is finishing. It's yeah. getting kind of crazy. <laughs> and I put in for a transfer. And, and then as that transfer was being enacted, I went to Jamaica, got saved. I had like one week in Boston where I visited some of my friends, my closer friends and said, guys, this sounds crazy, but this is what's happened. And they're like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. If that's good for you, whatever, you know, we'll see. And then, uh, and then I ended up on my doorstep in Portland, living at home for, for a little while while I did this transfer. And, and I was totally transformed and uh, just sitting with my dad every night, asking him a thousand questions, you know, yeah. our relationship was transformed. It went from loving but distant because of the separation yeah. on the spiritual realm to like, I'm transformed and now I want to ask you a thousand questions. And he's asked, and we had a wonderful like month where I was at home, my transfer still hadn't gone through and we just were up all night sometimes oh, just looking sweet. at the scripture. He's like, what happened on this night? You know, what yeah. happened to you? You're such a liar. He never told us the truth. And like, oh, dad, you don't want to know. But yeah. we just had a chance to catch up. And um, it was really a, a, a beautiful thing. That So he, the Lord set that up. And I think he knew I, I wasn't going to be good on my own. And yeah. not everybody gets that chance. You know, some people have to, right? They just go into it. They have no support totally. in certain cultures, right? They're thrown out of their families. And, 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 and I was like, I felt spiritually coddled, but I was able to be nurtured by my father and some other friends, a guy named Dan Owens, who just went to be with the Lord. Another evangelist took me under his wing and really discipled me, helped me to grow. And uh, I, I had some a great church here in Portland, Oregon, that uh, our, my home church, they saw me through all of that garbage, prayed me through it. So I was able to you know, go to the elders and my, the other pastors and just confess what had happened. And, and, and they rejoiced with me and I got to share my testimony and, you know, just law, law, just the basics. My dad, I mean, he just sticks to the basics, you know, be, it's a relationship. So be in the word every day. Yeah. And that's what he requires from you. That's what he desires for you is that mm-hmm. you would rest in him, communicate with him, be in a, just, Read in the word he speaks to you. You speak to him in prayer. That's what a relationship is all about. So stick with that and just don't get too complicated. And (laughs) I think that's the same thing he told me now. He would tell me right now if I said, hey, dad, what's my next step for discipleship? He'd say, just stay in the word, brother, you know. (laughs) Oh, man, Andrew, I love that. And 
I want to point out a couple of things and I want to read something from your book, especially to all the parents out there listening, because it's our fear. You know, we've got younger kids and our fears, they grow up and do something crazy. And at some point, most of them, if not all of them will. And what you do in that situation, it's interesting you talk about going to the church elders and, and the board and, and the people uh, in the ministry and the organization, how they rejoiced with you. It wasn't, well, let's wait and see. Well, let's put you on a probation. Well, yeah. let's, you know, it wasn't, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the reminding every day, remember who you were, remember what a bad person, you know, it's mm, not that guilt mm. and that shame and that uh, judgmental mm. side. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why. These people work with your dad. There's a top-down mentality, and I want to read. I did it on Facebook Live this morning. I think I'm going to get mm-hmm. through it without bawling my eyes out this time. But <laughs> I want parents to hear this because it's so hard to do, but we've got such good role models in uh, other generations. And your dad wrote this in 1986. How old were you in 86? So I was two years out of high school. I I was a sophomore in college. All right. So close to 20-ish, right? Yeah. Wow. And at this time, you know, drugs, alcohol, relationships, all the stuff. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. So that's the context. Far, far from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Andrew, it was so comforting for me to talk to you over the phone from London to Bangor. This is Maine, right? Yeah. I I, I was at University of Oregon and took a little time off. To, uh, to to go work for some friends in England. I think they're just trying to get me out of my pattern, trying okay. anything they could, you know, and I was working out there. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Dear Andrew, it was so comforting for me to talk to you over the phone from London to Bangor. Counting down. I wish we could have been out in London together and talked for hours, but it did not work out. Also, I had wanted to write you. I'm as lazy as you. This is not the kind of letter you dictate to your secretary. It's family. Mom and I are eager to see you this month. We miss you and love you a lot. So do the boys here at home. Andrew, I also wanted to write to you since we didn't get a chance to walk and talk in London. To me, that sounds like foreshadowing. If my dad wrote me that, I'd be waiting for what's next. (laughs) Yeah. Sneak attack. It is, but the way he does it, mm, my goodness. Yeah. There's a phrase that keeps coming back to me every time I pray for you and think about you. And I do that very much, as you can imagine. You are a son I love very much. When I was 21, like you, I took this little phrase for myself as I read the Bible with my buddies. It is, quote, but you, man of God, end quote, from 1 Timothy 6, 11. You were born, Andrew, to be a man of God. That's what God has for you. This is God's purpose for your life. Ever since you were a little boy, I have had that expectation. Either on the phone or by letter, I can't remember now, the day I called Grandma Schofield from Cali, Columbia, she herself said similar words to me. The Lord God loves you with an everlasting love, Andrew. The first step he has taken to bring you to himself is that he willingly went and personally died on a cross for you. On that cross, he became your substitute. He took your place and your punishment and forever removed your guilt. Christ died for you. And then there's, it's, the letter is so great, but he uses scripture and inputs your name into it. And it is so powerful to hear the Lord speaking to you as he does. We just forget. We forget that he wrote the Bible to us personally, individually. And then your dad writes this. If you confess with your lips, Andrew, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, Andrew, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you, Andrew, shall be saved. 
For it is with your heart, Andrew, that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess, Andrew, and are saved. Mm -hmm. Then he closes verse 13 with this clincher. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, my goodness. You got to tell me, you know, your dad is a letter writer. You've told me this. What was it like? Yeah. How did you feel reading these letters? What was going through your mind yeah. when you read this? Well, you know, that was one of the many spirit-led efforts that he made, that him and mom and others made on my behalf to share with the gospel with me. And every time that happened, whether it was one-on-one or at an event or through a book or some other material that he sent me or through one of these personalized letters, you know, it's just that awkward confrontation with the truth, right? But how beautiful, right? That he would just speak those awesome, just words of faith over my life. So, so sweet, right? And uh, I always get worked up when I think of it. I cry all the time. You'll get used I know. To me, but so do I. Yeah, Me too. It's worth Me it. Too. I mean, think of what the Lord has done. Yeah. And he speaks those words of faith, right? You yep. were created to be a man of God. And it's the truth, right? It's not like totally only a word of faith. That is what we're created for. But will I accept it? And he goes on to bring the gospel. These are the things they did. They prayed for me. And then they lived that life of, so that there was an authenticity and a a passion in, mm. in the truth as they shared it. And then what they did is they shared it. You know, the power of the gospel, that's what they believed in. They didn't believe in me. Like, I think this kid really is good enough deep down inside. And, it, you know, th- they trusted the gospel, its power, the truth mm. of it. Mm. Not even, I mean, this is pretty cleverly to put together. I mean, it's, it's very personal yeah. and, and it's, it's in writing and, and, you know, it's in his own hand. If you can see the handwriting, it'll make yeah. you cry double. Oh. But, uh, you know, but still, in the end, he's just going right back to the truth of the gospel, simply proclaimed. And, you know, of course, I read that. It was awkward every time. Like, oh, my gosh, why is this happening to me? I'm sure I read it and just shoved it on the shelf like, can't, I just can't deal with this. You know, it's compelling. I even remember saying at times, like, I think I believe that that's probably true. But mm-hmm. I love my sin too much, and I felt like the lies of the enemy kind of were entrapping me, mm. and there was just that battle going on, right? The battle that goes on. Um, but, uh, but I remember always that awkwardness and their willingness to, to face that, right? There, it's not like a picnic to, you know, lovingly, but confront someone with the truth of the gospel, yeah. knowing that you get rejected or resisted. But the willingness to obey, do it, and just joyfully share mm. what God's given us, you know, salvation, forgiveness, the, you know, power for growth and change and healing and the promise of eternity, you know, all this indwelling spirit and all. It's like, it's so good. I'll put up with potential, you know, some potential rejection for the sake of that possibility, or at least to plant the seed, right? It's in the Lord's hands. I, I was just so grateful that they never back down and he didn't like totally harass me constantly sometimes i share my story and dad's like was i really like that i'm like no not not all the time but i want people to know that you were faithful when the lord yeah. wanted to do it you did it you know awesome yeah oh coastal christian the voice in new jersey i am so sorry but we are out of time for today on the radio but if you go to the podcast on itunes and subscribe to rebel parenting you can hear the entire program with Andrew Palau. Isn't he amazing? 
Wasn't this inspiring? Doesn't this give you hope? Because I know at some point my kids who are so precious are going to do some crazy stuff just like I did and I won't know what to do. And I can look to this resource as a great role model from the amazing Luis Palau explained and described by his son Andrew. What an awesome thing for all of us as parents. My goodness, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to the newsletter by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. Watch me live on Facebook Mondays and Fridays, 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, New Jersey. Your time, 11 Eastern, just for you, talking about culture and news and updates, all the stuff that's going on in the world. Don't forget also, if you are married or you are a parent and you need a little bit of help, the Ziegler family plus Rebel Parenting is doing Families That Win. You can sign up right now only for one more week to sign up it is so cheap, 25 bucks a month. But listen, there's so much free stuff involved, so much great training. We're going to be doing this together. Laura and I are going to do it together with you. So go to facebook.com slash Dobson, sign up, and join in all the fun. God bless, and we will see you next week.